You're listening to the Missionary Perspective Podcast with veteran missionaries Eric Johnson and Joshua Mead. We're glad you could join us. We trust this podcast will be both a blessing and a challenge as we relate topics in world evangelism from a missionary perspective. Now, here's Josh and Eric. Well, good morning, listeners, and look who it is. It's Josh Mead. Josh Mead, the summer break captain and king. I think we're right there with you, Josh. It's been a long time. I think we said we were going to take six weeks. I think we went a little longer. How you been? Yeah, we talked about a six-week hiatus and uh, went a little bit longer. uh, And I don't even know if we're going to get back on schedule. I think we're going to try, Eric, getting back on schedule. Now that summer has ended uh, and we're moving into more of a routine, we've been great. We had a great summer. Mm. And uh, as most ministers know or pastors or Whatever ministry you're involved in, summertime is a unique time of ministry. It's a change of pace. Sometimes it sometimes it feels like things slow down in some aspects, but then it's just going by rapidly in other aspects and you're just constantly busy. And so is that kind of described? Does that describe your summer, Eric? Oh, it sure does. It was a whirlwind from uh, kind of start to finish. It's still kind of whirling around. But before we get started, I want to just throw a little something in there. While we were home, and we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, I heard from a lot of different people, Josh, who listen to our podcast and enjoy it. And believe it or not, a lot of them aren't missionaries and pastors. And uh, I had many people come up to me and said they listened to every episode. And in fact, I was um, at a wedding of my sisters and my uncle came up, who is a mailman, uh, Dan Johnson. And he, while he's out on his route, he listens to all of our podcasts. And so I want to give a shout out to my Uncle Dan. He said, yeah, you do a good job. He said, that Josh Mead, though, man, that guy's got a voice, doesn't he? I was like, well, thanks, Uncle Dan. Uh, sure, sure. So we got lots, <laughs> sure. of, lots of listeners in places we might not even expect. It, well, Josh. it's a great honor, and we count it a privilege. Uh, I just enjoy getting on here and chatting with Eric. You know, we're in a part of the world uh, where there's very few missionaries. There's only one other foreign mission, uh, American mission team here in this, uh, in, in our city, and uh, maybe only about you know four or five families total in our entire region up here. And so uh, I just enjoy getting on in the fellowship with you. And of course, it's a great honor and privilege that uh, anybody would would choose to listen. And we hope that it it is a pr- our prayer that it's a blessing, uh, helping give some insight into uh, the real world of mission work, uh, specifically overseas. You know, in the first, uh, I guess we've been starting, we started back in October. So now we're talking, you know, nearing in on a year. Uh, Josh and I have done a lot of talking about maybe some of the first steps in mission life, uh, some of the things you might expect, some of the rare, real uh, basic questions a new missionary uh, would want to know or a person very interested in missions but I would say in season two, which I think is kind of funny how Josh said that was the end of season one. I like that. In season two, I think we're going to bring you a lot more perspectives from people other than us, uh, people we've been able to line up different interviews uh, to continue along some of those things that Josh and I had mentioned in our experience, but to see if they're also the case with other missionaries around the world. And so I know I've got a number of interviews lined up, uh, even some people who are necessarily missionaries. They were missionaries before who have a lot to maybe add in to missionaries who are on the field now who've gone before us. And so I'm really looking forward to season two, Josh. Yes, certainly. And, you know, to your point on bringing in others into the podcast and doing more interviews, you know, missions really is, whether it's foreign, whether it's at home, missions is a church 
it's a church mission. It's something that every individual who's in the church of Christ is to be actively involved in missions in one form or another. And so, you know, we don't have to just talk to missionaries on the foreign field, which I, I enjoy those interviews. I enjoy interviewing other missionaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the questions I'm able to ask help me. I ask them for my own personal growth. And yeah, of course, it can give insight into uh, some of the perspectives of working in other cultures and, and some of the challenges. But um, yeah, we I think that's maybe part of the appeal uh, for for those who are listening, whether you're in the ministry or not, is that this work we're doing is a team effort. And uh, whether you're a mailman uh, delivering mail faithfully and, mm-hmm. and stay, you know, faithfully attending church back stateside, uh, you're just as much a part of this work uh, when you're actively involved and faithfully involved in your local church and your local church's mission work. Um, you're just as much involved in this work as we are. And so uh, we we look forward to seeing how season two will develop and who we can bring on and who we can chat with. All right, Josh. So uh, I'll fill in a little later on on my trip uh, and what some of the things we did this summer. But kind of starting with you, of those who follow Josh and Julie on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, things like that, you can see that they were not sitting at home. They were very active moving around. I know they had interns. Josh, why don't you tell us kind of what was happening since we've uh, last spoken? Yeah, this summer, uh, of course, summertime is a time to host college interns. And uh we hosted a young man from Canada, from the Bible college that I graduated from, and uh, he was a great blessing, a young man who was going to a college in South Carolina uh, at Ambassador, uh, and he's actually from my home church, Fostoria, uh, in Michigan, and so we hosted him as well. Judah was a great blessing while he was here, and then a young young lady who graduated from uh, Pensacola down in Florida. She came out and spent some time with us and she was a huge blessing to my wife and especially to our kids. And yeah, we had a lot planned this summer. Um, We did our annual, this was our second trip to the Gambia and uh, we took more people with us this time. A couple couple young men from our church, as well as Pastor Malik, uh, we went down and uh, the interns who were with us, we all drove down and hosted our second biblical faith seminar and really the the emphasis we make and why we call it a biblical faith seminar is because we want to make it an open invitation to anybody to come who has a sincere desire to understand the teachings of christ from a biblical perspective there's a lot of churches all over the world but i mean especially in in Africa who claim to be churches of Christ, but they've got some not so biblical theology that they practice. And we don't claim that we're the only church or that we know everything, but it's our heart desire to know what does the Bible say and how do you interpret the Bible? How do you correctly approach the Bible? And and our heart's desire in our ministry here is that as we expand in our church planting efforts, will disciple young men specifically and, and, and men in the churches who will lead as pastors to be biblical in the way they approach scriptures and in the way we plant churches and in the way that they do discipleship is, is purely biblical. We don't always get things right all the time, but 
we know that we have the scriptures to guide us and the Holy Spirit to lead us in those. And so that was our big, uh, our big emphasis. We had about 40 people out at the, at the uh, meeting in Gambia. Uh, some of them were Roman Catholic. Some of them came from charismatic churches. Some mm. of them were Muslim background. We had a great question mm. and answer time this year. Last year, when we did the Q and a, uh, there weren't so many questions this year, a lot more, uh, were open and responsive and yeah, we kind of geared Malik and I, uh, geared our messages to where it kind of left some questions unanswered. So it would force them to maybe ask those questions and try to get them answered. And so we had a great time. Uh, we did a, it was exciting to see what God is doing with Daniel and Sarah Jenkins in the Gambia there. Uh, the church is growing. I preached for him on Sunday morning. Uh, they had about 35 people out or so. Uh, it was exciting to see just in a couple of years how the church has been growing. Uh, there's a gentleman from our church here in Senegal that we sent down there to work with Daniel, and he's doing a tremendous job. Uh, so it, it was a great trip to Gambia. I uh, came back up here. Yeah, just did a lot while we were here. Um, you know, different outreach soccer tournament that we do every year with mm. some of the street kids. Wow. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, just, you know, evangelism, uh, meeting with people, doing discipleship. And um, one of the things we sat down before the interns left and I asked them, you know, some of them, it was their first trip here. A couple of them, they've, they've been to other countries. So I specifically asked those who had been to other countries, what did they notice different about working in Senegal when it comes to evangelism? Than maybe in another country they had been to. One I think had been to Mexico, and uh, I forget who uh, where the other one had visited. Uh, but there's a big, you know, there's a dynamic difference in the way you approach evangelism in different countries. And uh, they just saw that, you know, there's a lot more. You can't just go to somebody's door and you know knock on the door and lead them to Christ just like that. It just doesn't <laughs> happen that way. You cultivate relationships and. Uh, and you build, you build trust and, and you really just have to approach it with love and compassion as you walk them through the scriptures. And another thing they noted was how we, we systematically with those we're trying to bring to Christ, walk them through the stories of the Bible. And you really have to begin with Genesis and make mm -hmm. your way to the cross to show them that what we have in common with Islam, Islam has taken a lot of Bible stories, um, Sometimes, you know, in the Quran, they get it mixed up. Uh, they, there's not a lot of details in the Quran. Uh, they kind of throw out a story, right. but then they don't give you any details or follow up in the Quran. And so what people are attracted to, we know, found here, was as we give details mm -hmm. that the Bible gives of Abraham and, and Moses and Noah and all these stories, the Bible is in, you know, kind of a chronological order of these stories, giving details uh, people love hearing that. It kind of fills in the gaps that the Quran is yeah. missing. And uh, by the time you get to Jesus, sometimes it clicks and uh, it just makes sense. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, they it's a slower process, but it's an exciting process as you walk with people here, you know, sharing the gospel. And so that I think that was one of the biggest things when they when they left, they had to fill out uh, a form to turn into their uh, mission professor at college. And one of the questions was, how many people mm -hmm. did you lead to Christ? And they're like, well, we didn't see anybody <laughs> come to Christ during this time. We got to share the gospel a lot. But I mean, where everybody was that we shared the gospel with, I mean, they could sense there's a lot of work to be done just to get them to a point where they recognize, you know, the purpose of Jesus coming and all of that. And so there's 
there's so many obstacles to overcome, but man, I'll tell you, our prayer is that, you know, that wouldn't hinder somebody from coming to want to work here, but they would just see that as, Hey, there's, there's places that are challenging, but uh, people need the gospel here just as much as other places. So yeah, we had a great summer, uh, you know, just taking up with those activities, um, uh, working with the interns, uh, help them learn a little bit of the language and get the experience of what missions is like here, uh, doing a lot of outreach and, uh, you know, different trips to Gambia, other places. And so, yeah, we've had a great summer. So you guys had a trip to the States. That was part of why we kind of did a hiatus because we were so busy here constantly going. And then mm-hmm. you guys took a little trip to the States. Uh, tell us about your time back and uh, you've, you've gotten resettled back there in the Dominican Republic. Tell us a little bit about your summer. So one of the things I learned, I think we were learning this before we took off, but some of the things you don't want to do is you don't want to have a podcast about stress because then you learn a lot about stress. And then you don't want to do a podcast where you talk about what you do on furlough because when you go home on the next furlough, it's going to be completely different. So I'm starting to figure out these podcasts that we're doing where we act, or I act like I know what we're talking about and then ends up going on its ear uh, when we uh, actually do it again. So, no, we were able to go back at the end of May. Uh, my sister, my youngest sister, I'm the oldest of 11. I have three sisters. Funny enough, they're all separated by 10 years. And so she's, uh, let's see, she's. I'm 44, she's 23. She could be my daughter. That's how many years apart <laughs> we are. Uh, she asked me to come and officiate her wedding. It was the first wedding I'd ever done in English. And so I actually, from afar, had to get, um, all the ordination, not ordination, I have my ordination, but all the uh, legalization for doing it in the state of West Virginia, which you would think there wouldn't be so many restrictions restrictions in the state of West Virginia, but actually there were. And so we got that taken care of and uh, we were very thankful to be a part of that. That was a real special uh, time because, you know, uh, to be a part of family, there have been a lot of weddings we've missed over the years because we've been on the mission field. So uh, in fact, my brothers were kind of ribbing me They're like, Why'd you come home for this wedding? Why not this brother or that brother? I said, well, she was the first one to ask me to do the wedding. And so they they were like, oh, so that's what we got to do. We just got to ask you to come home and uh, officiate the wedding. So that was a real <laughs> blessing to be a part of it. I think I mentioned this before I left. The great part about that day, it was the ultimate oldest brother day. In the morning time, my brother Adam was being installed as a pastor at a church in uh, the area. And he asked me to come give the pastoral charge and so in the morning, I was given the pastoral charge for my youngest brother to become a pastor. And then later in the evening, I was officiating the wedding for my youngest sister. And so I really felt like a, a big brother who was very blessed. So that was a real special day. Now, the interesting thing was that was within the first two weeks of our trip. Before that day, um, about a week earlier, Ashley, had, my daughter, had been sick. And we come to find out that she had a kind of a serious infection. Uh, had to go to a specialist at Johns Hopkins University. My wife had to, it was emergency surgery they had to have. And uh, so on the Friday before the wedding, she has this surgery. And I would say it was the Lord's timing. It was very emotional because it was very scary. Uh, the situation in the beginning, because some of her blood counts were low and uh, white mm-hmm. cell counts. Um, but I praise the Lord, it ended up being a very routine surgery, but uh, they had to find a specialist. and. You know, that week, uh, there was a lot of anxiety, obviously, resting in the Lord. But I remember, as the Lord was working out all the details, that, you know, we had not originally planned to come home that early for this trip. But since my sister asked me to do the wedding, we changed our plans. And, you know, 
the Lord obviously knew exactly when he wanted us to come home. That so they actually could get that special attention. And I praise the Lord that uh, she did so well and everything recovered so well that two and a half weeks later, she was at summer camp. And so um, yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind summer. You know, you go around, see churches, see family. Uh, Josh Mead helped me make my presentation. And I got a lot of great compliments on that. So I was able to give a lot of props to Josh and his uh, hard work. In fact, we kind of threw it together in just a few days and it turned out so well. So we're very thankful for that. And uh, when we got back in the middle of July, we hit the ground running. Uh, really the highlight of my summer, and it really wasn't necessarily going to America. The highlight of my summer is when we got back, Holly and I, uh, some leaders in the church, we took a big group of teenagers up into the mountains and had teen camp for three days. We took them to waterfalls, rivers. We had uh, nighttime uh, bonfires. We had lots of games and then really good teaching and preaching where, you know, we we had a specific uh, theme we preached through, Pastor Ari and I. But we also took the morning time and sat down and really taught the kids how to do their own personal devotions. And it was really neat to see a couple of weeks later just how many kids talked about how much they enjoyed that. And and it, it seems so simple, but boy, as a as a pastor and kind of a proxy youth pastor, it really was a lot of fun. And I really kind of harken back to some of my teenage years. And it really made me think these these are the fun things. These are the things that are great about being a missionary. And sometimes we don't we can't pack it into a prayer letter. And so if there are young people listening who thinking about being a missionary, there's so many great parts. There are difficult days, but there's so many great parts when it comes to investing your lives into people. And so and then just a few weeks ago, we celebrated 13 years in our church. And so that was a glorious yeah. time just reflecting God's goodness. And uh, last week, I got to baptize three. There were three cousins. And uh, that was pretty neat when you get to baptize three cousins. So it really has been just a, a full summer. We did get COVID for the first time, uh, but praise the Lord, it wasn't very bad. So we've, we've kind of hit it all this summer. Oh, yeah. Staying busy. And uh, <laughs> I laughed when you said... It's true. It's like, we'll pick a topic that we're going to discuss. We did a whole topic on stress in the mission field. And then I guess God's going to put you to the <laughs> test, right? So maybe this this season on the podcast, let's talk about the blessing of, uh, you know, maybe getting care packages from the States and the blessing of, uh, you know, like Tim Horn's coffee, <laughs> sending, sending that. Maybe that'll come to pass, you know, if we talk about it. But it, it's true. You know, you one know, of the I think it, It's the opposite. So you have to talk about having no support and then you get okay, lots of support okay. and you have to, it's the opposite. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what of one of the podcasts we did was on uh, uh, missionary kids. Right. And you know, we, if you go back and listen to it, excellent podcast uh, interview with Matt Jones and uh, from all the research mm -hmm. we did, uh, one of the most difficult transitions to make as a missionary is when you have kids that are preteens or teenagers and it's tough for the kids when you move there. Yeah. And when we went to Gambia, um, our kids, you know, they, this, this is life for them. So they're used to living in both places, Senegal, uh, you know, going back to the States and Canada, you know, there's like, they don't know where's home Senegal really is home to them, but Canada, they're, they feel at home America. Well, we, we went to Gambia and um, there's a new missionary there with another mission agency, a sister mission, mission agency down there. And we stay at their guest house and we go down there. And this new family has two teenage girls and a, uh, a young boy that's the same age as my daughter. And uh, my, my son went over there, he's 13. 
So he went over there. Julie and I stayed in another area. And then the interns, as well as Pastor Malik and some of the men from our church, and then Tristan all stayed on the uh, mission guest house that's there in Gambia. And so the next morning, I went to go pick him up after the first night there. And he was in the house with the new family that's just arrived. And when I walked in, uh, the family declared to me, yeah, we're keeping him, Tristan. He's, he's just going to stay here now. So, you know, but they were talking a little bit about just kind of a little bit of the struggle that they they faced, you know, coming. They went from, you know, living a, the American dream to suddenly they're in a village with no running water and uh, learning oh, language wow. that, that that's a big uh, change. Yeah. Yeah. No electricity, running water and uh, trying to learn a language. <laughs> so it's, there's a lot of struggles there, but it was a blessing just being able to connect with them, having kids that are, are, are the same age. And then I'm, I'm thankful yeah. for, you know, kind of technology is both like any other medium. It, there's blessings to it. And there's, there's things that aren't so much, uh, great about it, but I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, they're able to stay in touch now with this family. They speak almost every other day, they contact them and we're going to be probably every six to eight months, we're going to try to connect with them, whether they drive up here, or we drive down there and uh, just have a little getaway time with them and Daniel and Sarah Jenkins. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's saying here, we've got about 10 minutes left on zoom and they want you to pay okay. for zoom pro. What, what <laughs> is, man? What, what's the deal? Do we want to wrap this up in 10 minutes then? And, uh, yeah, that's and, fine. Uh, I wanted to ask you one more question. I think we talked about in our pre-show prep there and kind of just tie a bow. Cause this is basically just us talking about what we did this summer. So, yeah. Um, one of the things I was mentioning to Josh before we got on was that I read a little post about pastors and sabbaticals. I've noticed that's something maybe a little more common now. Pastors are learning how to get away. And uh, the the post was asking, you know, how long it should be and is it biblical X, Y, Z. I think someone was trying to make the point that it's certainly biblical in the sense of getting away uh, from life a little while and, and taking time to pray and and though we had not really carved that time into our trip because we had COVID, more specifically, my wife, we had to, um, for her parents' sake, take a few days and not see them. We had a very nice missionary cottage to stay in for three or four days. And though at first it was kind of like, why are we having to do this? It actually turned out to be maybe the best three or four days of our whole trip because, you know, the kids just got to relax. Yeah. We didn't have anything on the schedule. And I was telling Josh when I got back, even though I didn't speak Spanish hardly at all for seven weeks, I could tell right away um, that that time away, disconnecting from the ministry, disconnecting from the language, disconnecting from what was normal and really getting just not to have major responsibilities on furlough. You have to be in certain places, certain times. Um, but that really helped me as I came back. And I think I've noticed it mentally and emotionally more than ever uh, coming back into preaching and just seeing how the Lord opens the word, the new time, a new, a new, a new way afresh uh, as far as, as far as communicating in another language. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience, Josh, when you've come back and not spoken uh, foreign languages and listened to foreign languages uh, as much as you are when you're on the mission field. But when you come back, you feel rejuvenated and ready to go. And I want to encourage every pastor. I know some people can't go away for six or seven weeks. Make make it two if you can. You know, be out of the pulpit for two Sundays, three Sundays, and uh, just get away. 
read, relax. If anything, just do nothing as much as you can so your uh, your batteries can recharge. And I maybe more than ever because my age, I'm, I'm noticing how important that really was for my my mental state. I absolutely agree. I think sabbaticals, obviously based on the word Sabbath, which is, you know, the the rest time, mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely essential. I was looking at a stat the other day. It says that we sleep, human beings sleep, like 25 years mm-hmm. of your life is just sleeping. God designed us mm-hmm. to need that reset time and that rest. And I was reading a lot about sleep lately <laughs> for some reason, uh, but it was saying during your <laughs> sleep, your brain cleanses, is cleansed. Like, it goes through this mm. cleansing time, like chemically and all of that. And so I think that, I think taking a sabbatical is a discipline that's necessary. You need to add that into all of your other disciplines. I've got this laptop that I do a lot of computer editing on. And when I'm running too many programs at the same time, the thing starts to overheat. And if it gets too hot, mm. the thing just shuts down. <laughs> And so I've noticed that after I've compressed a bunch of files, I've done, I've done all this editing, it's super hot. Uh, I'll just shut it down because it starts slowing up. And uh, once it shuts down, then uh, give it some time and then it's ready to go again. You know, and I think, our, you know, we're like that mentally, physically, you need that time. We've been doing, Absolutely. we've been taking time out to rest a lot more than we've done in the past. I've added it kind of as a discipline in our family life and our ministry life, I, uh, our pastor Malik, um, we give I give him four weeks off. He is busy all the time. He's answering phone calls uh, of people seeking the gospel and seeking answers at one or two in the morning. Sometimes I led a young man to the Lord just last month over uh, WhatsApp. But the the kid called him at two in the morning because he didn't want his family to know he was calling to ask about Jesus. And so Malik's taken uh, September. Malik will be taking the entire month of September off and I'll take charge of everything and all the responsibilities here. It's absolutely necessary because uh, you'll just run yourself down. I've noticed this year because we've been taking more rest times uh, and added it into our schedule. it, it seems to kind of cut off stress that might've been there, uh, you know, as we mm-hmm. get more stressed, bogged down with ministry and things. And, and so, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. You need to, you need to add that time in. If you're a missionary, I know you've got that sense of responsibility to your churches that, you know, I need to make sure that I need to maybe do more like what the apostle Paul said. I, I labored more abundantly than they all. And that's mm-hmm. a good, dis- that's good to be disciplined like that. Absolutely. You need character. You need to have integrity. You need to be disciplined and work hard. Uh, but at the same time, if you work yourself to death and burn out, uh, you know, you're going to lose a lot of years where like, you know, you've just gotten back and celebrated 13 years on the mission field. And I think that your next 10, 15 years are going to be far more productive because of the wisdom you've gained over the past and your experience of the past 13 years. But if you just burn yourself out, you're not going to be able to apply that wisdom and that experience you've gained and that the Lord is going to use. And so, yeah, I would agree. Make sure you take that time to get away, to rest, recuperate, reset, and then get back in it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And one little thing that to add on there, Josh made a good mention of that as he's working with Pastor Malik, is that if you are a pastor, a missionary that is working with uh, nationals, you need to practice what you preach. If you're preaching, you need to take 
sabbatical, you need to work hard to make sure they do the same because they're usually working just as hard as you along your side. A lot of times they can't financially do some of the things that we do. Yeah. So uh, I try to help our guys so they can do the same sort of things. Absolutely. I agree. Well, we've got a lot to cover. Um, I'm so excited about what's going on here in Senegal. Uh, we we finally found land and we're closing on the property yeah, next week. Great. Um, it's an incredible story. Just how God, I was, I've been rushing and trying to find this property and uh, Pastor Malik and my wife were, you know, just wait on the Lord. Uh, I was, I was pressured because we raised the funds, you know, probably about six months ago. So I'm thinking, because mm-hmm. the land we raised the money to buy fell through. And I'm like, oh man, we, we got to find something. We, you know, we raised this, these funds and man, the Lord just opened the door. It's in an, it's in an incredible area that's developing. And we'll tell that story for another time, but we just wanted to get on here uh, to our listeners. We want to uh, say hello again. We're excited to launch this second season and uh, communicate with us. Let us know what you want to hear about, what you want to hear discussed. And uh, if you have any questions or topics we, you'd like us to cover this season, we would be more than happy. And we're excited to see how the Lord's going to use this podcast uh, to be a blessing, not only to other missionaries, but to uh, anybody who's interested in becoming actively involved and staying involved in world evangelism. Eric, why don't you close us out? Yeah, it's been great to touch base with Josh again. There is nothing more exciting than being busy in the work that that when we see fruit, and so uh, we want to share not only our stories, but especially the stories of others. We want to be encouraging. Uh, we sometimes talk about the things that are difficult, but we also want to talk about the things that are exciting. So welcome to season two. God bless, and we'll see you later. Bye.